This is just such a very inspiring story and how you let the nature to guide you rather than the opposite. I just had the idea and a very strong belief that if we did a brand in the right way, in the way that we expect nature and ourselves, you know, we change the, the dynamic of what the market looks like. To create a brand that is sustainable, that is ethical and is a pur purpose driven, which nowadays is very difficult for a brand to create you know that strong three pillars we are ready to explore and take and challenge the beauty industry the fact that that happened in a very organic way i think really is the proof that the concept works and also that beauty today and beauty for the future needs to be clean needs to be responsible needs to be sustainable Here is Mara Genovese, I'm the founder and president at Imaging Power, a global influencer market agency. And this is our Influencer Marketing Uncover podcast. In this episode, I will be diving into one of the most relevant topics across the skincare industry today, sustainable beauty. To do so, I'm very thrilled to be joined by our incredible guest and a lovely friend of mine that I love so much. Francisco Costa, the founder and creative director of Costa Brazil. Francisco's longtime commitment to sustainability in nature drove him to transform his over 20 years of successful career as a top leader in the fashion industry as the women's creative director of Calvin Klein to today to be the creative mind behind this unique luxury and purpose-driven brand making a difference in sustainable beauty with a clean mission to create products that are beneficial to the body, but also to the spirit, as well as our earth. Francisco, I'm so happy and delighted to have you with me today on our podcast. Thank you so much for your time and to be here with me today. It's such a dream and I thank you so much for that. And I would love you to say hi to our audience and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Maya, thank you so much. I have to say that, you know, by getting to know you more and more, more excited I get because you're such a brilliant mind. And it's a pleasure to be here with you, you know, exchanging all those wonderful thoughts, which I think we both share. And it's really something I, I, I truly uh, uh, believe that's also this connection to Brazil, you know, the sustainability factor that we all talk about here. It's something that's so present in our, our lives, you know, we grew up with it. So, you know, I think we share a lot here and uh, I can't wait to talk to you. By the way, guys, I'm Francisco Costa. I'm the founder and the creator of Costa Brazil. Uh, it's a brand in which we started about three and a half years ago after my 20 years, uh, my 14 years at Calvin Klein as creative director. So uh, we are ready to explore and take and challenge the beauty industry, right? So. The fact that that happened in a very organic way, you know, in a very sort of inspirational way, I think really is the proof that the concept works and also that beauty today and beauty for the future needs to be clean, needs to be responsible, needs to be sustainable. So I, can, I can't wait to engage in the conversations, Mara, because I'm also very excited to hear, you know, and really discuss what you do, which I think really is the future of our business. Amazing. Thank you so much, Francisco. And then for like, I'm sure 
If you're here listening to us today, I'm sure you have heard about Francisco before, but this will be the first time that actually going to be here from Francisco and what, how he did and created his own brand, Costa Brazil, and what was the purpose for that and how he's just like leading this new way of creating sustainable beauty brands uh, and how he's kind of, you know, engaging his community and his audience to embrace a challenge, this challenge of changing our mindset of how we consume beauty. So Francisco, let's start our conversation. So first of all, I think I would love to start with, you know, asking you, like, how do you think sustainable, how would you, from your own words, define sustainable beauty? And what is sustainable beauty? And how do you see that this is a, a way of, you know, that can change consumers' habits? And what you as, you know, a founder and creative mind behind Costa Brazil is is doing to educating consumers of the importance of sustainable beauty? You know, Maria, that's a very, very, very big and very tough question. You know, Costa Brazil was born really uh, out of tremendous curiosity and also, again, looking back and feeling the, uh, that moment, you know, it's almost like a turning point in my career as I was living in Calvin, and uh, what can I bring to the world that would make a difference? That would be a lot more uh, authentic to me. So uh, obviously, you know, by just being curious, you know, I started digging into the beauty industry, you know, doing research, you know, trying to understand how a lab works, you know, what are the channels that you go through in order to create a brand, which was very exciting because I didn't know anything about it. Very soon I realized that the picture of beauty that I always thought it was, it wasn't there. You know what I mean? I was really disappointed about, you know, a lot of supply chains which I visited, a lot of the labs that I visited. I imagined that uh, the whole industry by being so fast and so, you know, glamorous, you know, one would think that also uh, the back of the house was clean. So it was shocking to me. You know, as I'm visiting, you know, places in California, you know, uh, the East Coast, however, uh, there was nothing really challenging in terms of how to create a new product, how to create a product that really speaks of nature, beauty in its essence, you know, and how that product would take into the market. Most of, most of what I learned was that, you know, you go, you pick your formulations that already exist, you label it and you have a product. Obviously, you know, I, I, right away, you know, I knew that that wasn't what I, I intended to do because, you know, by creating Costa Brazil, you know, I went through a process also of trying to identify a name that really had longevity, right? Because, you know, do I do Francisco Costa Beauty Line? It, it didn't resonate. What resonated was the spirit of Brazil. So with that in mind, it was so strong, you know, and Brazil speaks of so many different values right i mean it's just such a, a wonderful place it's such a, a place that communicates freedom communicates equality communicates you know sustainability communicates diversity all in such a great way so how do i actually express that down the product and that was my first stop you know what i mean by doing the research realizing that nothing that was available and i had to go back to nature back to Brazil to understand exactly what, 
you know, the answer of what the country that we love, you know, was really about. Uh, a quick, quick question of curiosity here, because you're saying that you were like at a time that you're working, you know, as a fashion director of Calvin Klein, uh, you know, thinking of, you know, the glamours that you used to be around, right? So the fashion shows, the glamour, the luxury, the perfect picture of what beauty should be. Do you think that, you know, instinct of, you know, creating your own brand and redefine what is beauty is came from it started when you were still working within the fashion industry when you start observing you know how the fashion and how beauty were defined at the time and that led you to where you are today or this no that idea or inspiration came when you left and then the inspiration just come through because of interesting beauty so like just wanted to kind of the question here is just like would that you know experience that you had before impact on your decision or on your thought process to create Costa Brazil? Because it's two parallel words, right? You know, I, I always dressed you know the body, right? But never fed the body. So here we go. You know, I want to create something that I actually actually give you. You know, all those elements, all those amazing ingredients, all that food for your skin. So I'm dressing the skin now in its really, in a much closer way, you know, in a much more authentic way. You know, it's a perfect connection between what I did in the past, which was really, you know, aesthetic, aesthetic you know, yeah. look. But here, you know, Costa Brazil, the foundation of it is how to dress your skin, how to make you feel good, how to feel good really about using the product because it's a co coalition here because the ingredients being from the Amazon, they're very organic, you feel them, you know, they're empowered by nature. So that communication is truly, you know, the catalyst, you know, for Costa Brazil in its future, future, you know, so it's, uh, it's very direct. And then what do you say, like Costa Brazil is empowering by nature, it's such a strong, you know, USP for the brand and it's so real. And it's just like, because it's truly the ingred ingredients that, used for the products they are literally empowered by nature and i love i know your story about your trip to amazon and how all started but i think it's a very kind of you know uh interest for you maybe just tell us a little bit you know like how that you know connection with brazil but above all with amazon and how that led you to, you know, getting all the ingredients from actually for our source, which is Brazilian, you know, uh, we are all very well known for the Amazon, right? So Amazon is such a strong, you know, like, let's say, uh, value of our country. So tell us a little bit of a story of like Amazon, Costa Brazil and your experience there and when and how the ingredients idea came through. You know, it's really wonderful because I, uh, as I was leaving Calvin, you know what I mean? Uh, I had the brand already. I had the, the premises of the brand book, which was very beautiful, gorgeously uh, done and what have you. And again, in the search for the ingredient story, uh, not a story, the ingredients themselves, you know, I said, I have to really dig back. I was, I was uh, working with the uh, Special Olympics at the time. I was designing uh, a segment for the ceremony. And just so happens that a couple of friends were going to the Amazon as well. So I tagged along with that trip. The trip was canceled in the very last minute. 
So I called the, uh, uh, the agents, you know, just send me anywhere. And it was the best moment also. It was also a very catalytic moment for what we did. I ended up going to, uh, to, to Acre region, which is a Northern state in the Amazon, of course, you know, and uh, I stayed with the Y1 office. And I had no idea, you know, here we go. You know, I have my backpack, you know, some water bottles, and uh, I embarked on this crazy journey, which is about six and a half hours, you know, on the Gregorius River. So just that experience alone, you know, you're starting to, to understand, you know, the rhythm of the forest, right? The sound, the sense, and the river itself was really magical. So I get there and um, not really understanding how to approach everything because I didn't have really, I knew that I wanted to get to know the forest, you know, and the community, but I didn't know what was it about, you know, what was my goal here? You know, it's really to scent it, it is to scent, to smell, you know, what, what am I tapping into? You know, and kind of that trip, the six and a half hours was very liberating to me because I started becoming a little calmer and let go of everything that I actually thought previously that I had to do. You know, I was already creating this anxiety of having to do things my way. This is not my way, this is nature's way. You know, and that was really incredible because every day there was a surprise. So I get there, um, you know, slightly, you know, nervous because I mean, so detached. I didn't know anybody that was coming, you know, on that trip as well. Uh, I had a, a videographer with me and I didn't even know the person. So there was no like really intimacy there with anyone. And, uh, and as it's starting to get to, to know as the trip went by the seven days, you know, it was one lesson after the next, you know, the way they inter interacted with the community, you know, the way they spoke to you, it was, everything was really magical. But the turning point again happened one evening, you know, uh, throughout the whole community, there was always fire. There was always bonfires throughout. And I thought day and night. And I thought it was a little peculiar that. But I never even questioned either, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, this fire. So uh, one evening, I saw them tossing those, some rocks into the, into the fire, and then it would sparkle. And then a very, very distinct scent would come out of it. I said, this is very peculiar. What is it? So they introduced me to Breu, which is a, a, a resin that comes from the Almasega tree, which is this incredible, magnificent tree, you know, very, very uh, robust. It's like an incredibly beautiful tree. And really, this is this resin, which is obviously 100%, you know, uh, organic, natural. And what that does, does that do is, is mosquito repellent, number one. And that's why the oh. fires out, because none of us got bitten by at any moment you know what I mean, while we were in the village. Uh, then I took that, you know, on my return trip, I went to the northeast of Brazil, another area, Natal, which I started working the lab. And the first thing, as I bring the Breu to be analyzed, you know, besides being mosquito repellent, besides having an incredible scent, you know, we discovered incredible properties like antimicrobial properties, antibacterial properties, you know. So it's like a little magic just in my hands there. You know what I mean? There was really really amazing so here we go you know i get to experience the forest i get to understand how they source so many things the braille and so on and so forth and um and then i embarked on the second trip the third trip 
those trips were a lot more guided, were less uh, 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 organic. Yeah. Because then I started engaging with Conservation International. And Conservation International has been one of the organizations that I always supported in the past, you know, but here, you know, I asked them for guidance, you know, how do I actually engage, you know, the communities, but if I have to actually source, you know, so it was, again, a process of a lot of research it was like, a, you know, a year and a half, with just researching ingredients, just looking through, you know, the communities that are actually certified and had, you know, uh, specifications in order actually to, for us to be buying you know, the ingredients and so on and so forth, because it's very difficult also. You can't mm -hmm. just you know, go to an indigenous community and buy an ingredient from them. So CI is one of our pillars. And that brings it back to the sustainable way of doing things, which is really, you have to look at 360, right? Yeah. And uh, I have been very fortunate that after discovering so many ingredients, which you haven't even launched them yet, you know, I partnered, also, I partnered also with another manufacturer in Brazil, who started already then taking care of all the logistics, you know, which was very haunting to me. You know, I could walk out with kilos of one product, but you know, it had to be done properly, obviously. And this was created, Myra, in a very, again, you know, in a very basic, simple way. You know, I didn't have a staff, I didn't have, you know, any, any, anyone. I just had the idea and a very strong belief that if we did a brand in the right way, in the way that we respect nature and ourselves, you know, we could change, you know, we could change the, the dynamic of what the market looks like. Because, you know, there's a lot of greenwashing out there, right? I mean, yeah. because the amount of carbon footprint, you know, you're doing your thing. It's not like that. I think, you know, I think the, the challenge here with Costa Brazil is uh, to be really uh, honest about the whole process, you know, transparent about the whole process. And it hasn't been a very easy task, which I think makes it even more exciting. Exactly. And I love that you said, like, that you're trying to do that. First of all, like, amazing story. And I, I've heard this story before. And every, even now, like listening again, I get so fascinated about it, about especially the first experience that you had in the forest and how everything, you know, you went there for one reason and then out of the sudden everything has changed throughout the process. This is just such a, you know, a very inspiring story and how you let the nature to guide you rather than the opposite. It's, it's, it is amazing. And how I'm more amazing is you started alone, as you said, and you create a brand with three strong pillars, right? You create a brand that is sustainable, that is ethical, and the pur purpose-driven, which nowadays is very difficult for a brand to create, you know, that strong three pillars, because as you said, it is not an easy journey, it's not an easy thing to do. And the fact that you said that transparency is one of the key elements of the brand, uh, for, for me, like transparency nowadays, when it comes to, especially to beauty brands is so important. If you wanted to engage with your consumer, with your audience, especially when you talk about the generation Z and the millennials, because they're much more savvy. They are much more like they consume digital, but in a much, much more intelligent way as we used to do five years ago. 
because they're much more attached to brands that has a purpose that are transparent with everything they do with the ingredients that they use. And I love that you said that and how, and then I can see like in the industry today, so many brands trying to type into the sustainability and you know, uh, position their brands and their product as a s- sustainable. But how do you, and I think this is not for everyone. Like it's easy for you to say, oh, we are a sustainable brand, but not being transparent about how, how you are sustainable. What are you doing, you know, with what is your ingredients that you're using? What's the process for, you know, producing your, you know, your product? So how do you think sustainability can be conveyed authentic within the luxury beauty industry? Because now I've like, my background, I worked in the fashion industry before as well, and I can see the trend in coming from luxury brands trying to type in sustainability, right? But how do you think that, you know, how the brands can convey authenticity when it wants to type into the sustainable, uh, you know, word? So I'm going to backtrack here uh, 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 just to give a little uh, feedback and how the whole thing came about to me naturally. You know, I grew up in a very small town in Brazil, very small. At the time, it was 3,000 people. Today's 8,000. Um, out of growing up in an environment with a family that was really very exciting because my mom was very entrepreneurial, you know, and uh, she had a, you know, a children's wear manufacturer, which she manufactured clothes. Uh, I would see that she would take all the leftovers of every cutting and she would go to smaller little communities outside the town, the rural areas. And she taught those women how to make quilts with the leftover fabric. Amazing. Next thing, this woman realized that she is empowering women in that little town because she's teaching them how to sew, teaching them how to do all to embroider and so on and so forth. Next thing, she opens a home for the kids so that the mothers actually go to work. So I never thought of that, you know, but this, this, this really, this uh, coming back to Brazil and going to the Amazon, I think was a little bit of like this, the same urge, you know, a natural instinct to go, you know, and see what's the right way to do it, you know, uh, not to exploit, but really to contribute. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was really the, the beauty of it. I think... Uh, that was very strong throughout uh, uh, my growing up. And then came through my career, I was at Calvin, which nobody talked about, neither did I. But I did collections that were 100% 360. For instance, I did this collection uh, in which I, I ended up buying all remnants of all yarns from like three mills in Scotland. Things that were wow. sitting there forever. And uh, another two mills in Italy. I mixed all this yarn. I made textile out of it and became like upcycle. You know what I mean? I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I mean, that was already brewing. There was, yes, that's amazing. And at the time, probably no one has, you know, mentioned that the collection was created by, you know, using sustainable fabrics, right? No, absolutely not. Okay. But then, you know, towards the, uh, uh, your question now is I, I, the, the desire of making it perfect is there, you know, but I think it's very, very challenging. 
You know, I think as a growing company, you know, we're still learning how to be transparent. We're still trying to communicate with the right partners, which is very, very important. And uh, again, it's a learning curve. You know, we had several different suppliers of two, for instance, which I, I love the ingredients and what have you, which also brought ingredients to them to develop. You know, and in a period of six months, you know, show me, you know, the reality here, what this comes from, you know, who was supporting, and it was not there. So, you know, you, you encounter challenges as we go along and then make really fast decisions how to improve the system, right? So I think that's what it is, but not just in the ingredients. You know, I think packaging is major. Yes. So to create a culture in which packaging really represents, you know, uh, uh, packaging is everything, guys. Look at the amount of, of garbage, let's put it that way. You know, there will not be fancy about it. You know, it's out in the world. I mean, the, the incredible amount of packaging, we have to look at it. So by feeling that, we're already, you know, making strides of improving that system. You know what I mean? The whole thing brings me to the next step into where we are now. So uh, a year ago, I started talking to uh, a very large, uh, very incredible corporation called Amaris, uh, based in uh, San Francisco, San Francisco area. And uh, I decided to partner with them. Uh, it's a biotech company. It's a really, really forward thinking company with a tremendous, amazing CEO, a really, really great dynamic guy. Uh, and uh, now we are collaborating, you know, now we're together. And why, uh, why would I partner with a biotech company after saying to myself, you know, I'm natural, I'm organic, I am, you know, you know, the Amazon means so much to me and all that, so on and so forth. Why? You know, it took me a while to understand also the proposition, you know, but that came very strong to me as I'm doing the research in the company you know, that the future really is a combination of both. You know, the future really is taking what nature offers to us, right? Appropriated and make it even more sustainable, but protecting nature and not by exploiting nature. So it's, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, that came so strong to me uh, that it also in order for me to actually to, um, to grow the brand, you know, that was somewhat the way to go. So I'm very thrilled to, to, to obviously to share that with all our, your community here because uh, that's the future, you know, clean beauty is clean chemistry, you know, uh, it's extracting from nature its best. And really through this process, which I didn't know about, which I came to find out, but then learning about Amherst is that all of the molecules and all the ingredients that Amaris does comes from this process of fermentation in a very simple old process, yes. which fermentation of sugarcane and yeast. And then that gets transformed in so many, I mean, I'm simplifying here because it's much more technical than that. That gets transformed into amazing, amazing ingredients, including escalene, so on and so forth. And now we're looking to also develop it. I'm so puzzled and curious about that because it's something that I don't know. That you don't know, yeah. And, you know, going into the beauty industry, which I didn't know, now I'm, I'm partners with a... Tremendous, a, yeah. Bring me the opportunity to grow on the right way. 
you know, and the right way really is clean chemistry in that sense. You mentioned the word community a few times throughout our conversation, right? So like, I think you mentioned four times here, the word community, which is a word that I personally believe and love a lot because I believe that community can really drive the message of a brand out there when you have a loyal community. So moving into technology now, because like, when you were at Calvin Klein, the way, like that time, the way you used to do marketing was very different from the way we do marketing today, right? The way we approach marketing. So five years ago, like PR, you know, traditional market was the way of promoting a brand and engaging with, you know, magazines and engaging with journalists. It was a way of you creating your own community to get the message of a brand, the awareness of a brand out there. Not saying that PRs and magazines are not relevant on the present today, they are. But then the industry and marketing landscape has evolved so much with the arrival of social channels like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, just to mention a few. So we have been kind of, you know, like all of us in the past five years, we've just been dragged into, you know, like social media platforms and there's a lot of information, a lot of things, you know, to read and to understand, a lot of platforms to navigate it from. And then we all have been learning, you know, with that, I was like, okay, how I use those platforms to creating content to engage the community that I wanted to engage. So, Coming from, you know, like uh, we, we are both, from, uh, I love to say that, you know, yeah, so I love to say that I've been through that process because I like, I started my career 20 years ago. So I've, I'm old fashioned when it comes to marketing and I've been learning and evolving with, you know, the industry as the industry change, but like how you see now for you, right? personal, like Francisco, how do you see that influencer marketing, social platform, you know, social channels are driving community, are driving to build community today? Because it is so like, nowadays there's no discussion that you have to engage on social and with influencers to build community. But how do you see that when you're on, you know, like on words? You know, it's very interesting because the concept is old, right? It's yes. not a new concept. But if you think about it, you think Warhol, Andy Warhol, pop art. That's what he did. He engaged, you know, his community and painted portraits of them. He, he created a flow of cash coming in and he became famous by building this community, right? Mm-hmm. What was missing at that time really was the channels because technology didn't exist, but the idea existed. Then you go back to Calvin, for instance. You know, when I, I joined Calvin, uh, the legacy was just so major, right? Oh my God, what what do I do here? I can't. Even, there's nothing I need to change, right? There's nothing. I cannot change one bit of it. But I went back to his uh, his his marketing campaigns, which always so genius, and I realized, guys. The man was like the first one to have an influencer. Not the first, but he tapped influencers. Then, Brooke Shields at the age of 13. I mean, you couldn't do that today, but I mean, he started tapping into that world. So did YSL in the 70s, you know what I mean? Did a little bit of that. 
So again, it's, it's history repeating itself. But thank God we have MGM Empower. <laughs> so with that being said, um, I decided at Calvin to, to really play off of that. So I made my voice very visible by engaging with Hollywood, by engaging with community, because I knew that there was a platform that I could be expanded because the voice you know, spoke so much of. So you know, I'm talking about you know 25 years, 20 years ago, right? So we I, we made a mark. So today, you know, people um, look at my my work at Oh my God, you dressed everyone. Yes, I did. You know, it was deliberate because we're trying to create a language. You know, for that, I was the first designer to actually bring an influence and then real influencer and to. And the Matt Ball, right? And I think it was the Matt Ball as well. Like the you you brought Chiara Ferragini, right? Exactly. And Chiara yeah. is so cool. But the difference there, you know, by you know being in the Casper things was that it was very natural. You know, Chiara came, love Chiara, smart, you know, we can have a conversation. There's also that, right? So the difference today is perhaps less elitist. You know, even deeper, it's been more exciting because now you're giving everyone the opportunity to be that influencer, you know, to be the voice, you know, and to set, you know, the interests of, of everyone and really target those markets. I think it's incredible for, for different brands, for different types of brands. So I think we're, we're very true with that cost of Brazil because our mission is a very dynamic one. We believe of equality. We believe in all, all body types. We believe in all colors, so on and so forth. So we have an opportunity here to tag, target a huge amount of people and bringing them in to contribute to the brand itself. So I think also that communication of just not using, but having people on your portfolio is different today because today you want those people being part of your brand. So dynamics start changing. Right, they're becoming the real brand as we grow that community. Yes, then so, we, we go to the, the the creative economy, right? So how the creative economy now is really driving the future of influencer marketing. But I love what you said because it is so true. We used to build communities throughout voices of celebrities of the Hollywoods that you said that we engaged at the time of Calvin Klein, because like when I think about you and about Calvin Klein immediately came on my head those images that I used to see on magazines like Vogue, Happy's Bazaar, or you know all the websites that talk about fashion. Francisco Costa with a dressing, you know, a Hollywood celebrity for Oscar or for Golden Globes or for Met Gala. And I think at the time you were the, you were one of the pioneers of really you know engaging with that community and dressed and all. So I have clear vision and images of me reading those newspapers and that magazine and seeing you with so many, you know, celebrities that you dressed and then you'd build a community at the time, right? We're seeing the environment of Hollywood, but now you can build a community, but it's through social. It's a different way of, you know, creating community, but the formula is the same, but with a different, you know, platforms and tools to do so which I love that because it's just, we see the evolution, right? The evolution of marketing, evolution of, you know, how can you, you know, be more, you know, uh, strategically and how can we leverage from the social platforms in a way that you can now build communities that has a much more wider reach 
right? Because when you're talking about an influencer that, for example, even like, let's talk about Kiara, right? I think today she has over 20 million followers, which is like uh, amazing, you know, for someone to have over 20 million followers. But Kiara today, her reach is beyond Italy, right? So her reach is global. And I think that is the beauty when you start, you know, understand who can be the voice of your brand that's going to engage with a community in a global level because your brand message now can fly around the globe. As before, we're much more limited of how much reach and engagement we could have, you know, with with, with, with the voice that we're using to, to promote uh, our brand. And then, like, you know, technology is here, and I think there's no way that we can change this. We just need to embrace, right? To embrace and learn with it and think, okay, so technology is here. How can I better engage with technology and on your case for Costa Brazil is for me it's just like it's it's very clear how can you use technology to spread the message of sustainable beauty, right? Mm -hmm. How can you educate it, you know, your audience, but not just your audience, but start educating consumers that are not really aware of the importance of you know thinking through about what you're buying, about you're using on your body, not just about what you're eating. But I think your role here is not just to engage with your consumers, but also engage with communities that need the education, you know, to help them to change their mindset. Yeah, to your point, I think uh, I think I'd like to say about Costa Brazil is that I really like to create systems, right? You create a system that you that automatically you're part of, that you trust. Then what happens? There's no question. You just you just go because there's that trust level. You know, if you offer everything that one needs to supply for their daily ritual, you create, a, you make somebody's life easier. So that's when it comes to a product, you know, uh, development uh, viewing. But then actually building a community, why we believe that the influences we're talking about are so important because they build trust. You know, they are the people that are speaking about the brand in a greater way. But now there's a second layer of the people that would just do the, the commerce. You know, they're there to make that amplification even more greater. So I think, you know, China has really, uh, I think really has gone ahead of, uh, you know, of, of, of the West, right, in a big way. I mean, the way they do marketing, digital marketing, however, and e-com is really, really fast. So I think it's, it's interesting also giving you and I the opportunity to be our own you know, uh, have our own businesses, you know, we own it, you know, and we can actually proper, you know, amplify that message. So I like I that concept of trust when it comes to, you know, the influencer community, because you have to choose them, right? Especially in the beginning, you know, how, how you build it. And you, you really to, uh, to speak of that because you have so much knowledge, you do such great work, you know, but that trust is great. But I also think that you have, uh, different typologies, right? If you have an influencer that really will talk about the eaters of the brand, you know, that are activists. I think everyone should be an activist anyway. But I think, you know, those activists, you know, they help ingrain the brand, become stronger and become more transparent and become more for real. And then you have, you know, 
layers of different people that actually amplify that in in in, in different areas. But yeah, what's how do you, because you are really tremendous in what you do, you know. Um, how do you see that evolution? You know, because I think there's a turning point right now, right? I think there was I sense there's something there that will will change even more dynamic. Yeah, no, like first, like for me, I don't see influencer marketing as a transactional thing at all. Like I think there's a lot of, you know, brands and, you know, agencies that they think are working with influencers as a transactional, you know, mar- do, it's a transactional way of doing marketing. And it's not like that because I think influencers today, as you said, Everyone can be an influence. You yourself, it is an influence. I am myself, I'm an influencer for my community, for a community of women that wanted to be an entrepreneur, of women that, you know, want to have their own business. So we all can be an influence within our own community, right? So I think just to demystify the way that you think that influencers is just the ones that has a thousands and a thousands and a million of followers. So that's why today when we talk about influences, we talk about tiers of influences, right? We have the nanos, we have the micros, the mid-tiers, the macros, the mega. When I started the business, there were no nomenclature at all. So it's just like mega influencers and that's it. So today we're valuing as well the nanos. Who are the nanos? The ones that has a thousand, two thousand, three thousand followers because each individual can influence their community like for example my mom on her you know social account she talks a lot about you know essential oils how she uses essential oils you know like when someone has a headache or how she uses essential oils on her day-to-day life and she has a thousand and something followers but the ones that follow her, they really engage. They ask questions about, okay, but how do we do that? How can I get the mix of peppermint with lavender? So that is so important today for you know for everyone to understand that influence is not necessarily only uh, related to how many followers you have. So we all can be an influencer, and uh, we can all have a voice within our uh, our own community. And then I think this industry of digital marketing and influencer marketing is evolving and changing so rapidly. So when I started five years ago, it was a completely different landscape where it is today. And I love to see how this is evolving, how is it changing, because I think there's more and more opportunity for us to use those voice for, you know, for a better things, for a better words, you know, is how can we through those voice, you know, creating message that we can, you know, like for example, for Costa Brazil, that we can educate communities and then we can educate people of, you know, sustainable beauty and how best, you know, they have to think about when they're buying products and educating them on the ingredients and how every individual can do a good thing for the planet, for the earth. And you don't need to do much in order to, you know, to create an impact. Uh, and that's what I love about influencer marketing because there's so much ways that you together with those community, you can just, you know, making an impact that sometimes is beyond uh, our imagination. And as I said, it's changing so rapidly. Now we're talking a lot about metaverse. And I think we talk about that in, in Paris when we met. Uh, look at what Balenciaga did for Paris Fashion Week. 
this is kind of the future of 2022. I'm not saying that's the future, the very long term future is the future of now. So we're going to be talking a lot about metaverse. And what is metaverse? Metaverse is the word of the avatars, right? So it's getting the word of the gamings. Like, like we have a parallel word today that is the gaming word that no one is really talking about that community. But, oh, my God, that community, it's so powerful, it's so strong that now what the metaverse would do is just bringing that whole word of gaming to the mainstream. And metaverse is all about, you know, directed to avatar. So how can we engage with, you know, consumers on the digital landscape that are the avatars? So we have the direct to consumer and direct to avatar. So if you're here today listening to us, don't think that we are going crazy, but it's so through. Like there is a new way of like that we're going to have to start thinking about how can we engage with the digital personality of each individual, of each consumer. And that personality can be different, the personality of our real world versus the personality of the digital world. And again, we cannot run away of it. This is a reality. So we have, you know, to start thinking about, I have to create a strategy for direct-to-consumer and I have to create a, start, a strategy for direct-to-avatar because they're buying, mm-hmm. they're consuming. And it is, uh, I think, again, typing what Balenciaga did two weeks ago in Paris, it is, uh, it is exactly that. So how can you create a strategy that you're not just going to engage with, you know, your real consumer, but with the digital consumer and the gaming community and the social media community? So, and for us as an agency and for brands to keep up with the you know with the change and to innovate it ourselves every time it's just about going there and test and learn uh i was uh, with a client yesterday and they were like oh but we are so nervous about going for a shop live streaming because we never done and we're a big corporation and i said yes but if you don't do if you don't test you're never gonna do because there's never gonna be the right moment and the, it's never gonna be perfect And it's like TikTok. You have to go test and learn and shop live streaming, live streaming, metaverse, gaming. Just go there, test, test and learn. Understand what the community from those platforms are looking for. Learn with your community. Get them to the sentiment and us. Let, let them to talk and then learn with them and evolve with them. But that is how, you know, I see that brand should be, you know, reacting into the change. It's just going there and do it without thinking and learn and test and learn again and get the insights, get the insights of your consumers, get the insights of your community because they're the ones that are building the brand with you, right? So you have to listen to them. You're so right. It's so amazing because five years ago, you know, uh, uh, I had the opportunity to meet somebody in the gaming industry. I had no idea what he was talking about. You know what I mean? It was like so far off of my scope. Now it's just, if you feel it's already, it's already there, it's already there, right? I mean, you just give an example. It's already here and it's here to stay. So I think you, you're so correct, you know, that speed, this velocity in which we have to react, you know, without judgment, right? Oh, this, this is, is this not for the brand? This is not my brand or what have you. 
it's 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 not a very healthy thinking if you want to really be on top of a game because tomorrow there will be something new and you have to jump on it you know so i think it's very exciting that you actually uh you know it, it is very exciting and it's very exciting how you just like as you said like before you were just a brand try to engage with your consumers you know to get the awareness to get the conversion but now you have the influencers you have the talents you have the creators you have the voices that they will be you know your brand's spokesperson right so they are the ones that's going to get the message of a brand out there and this is amazing i think this is beauty that It's not just the brand that needs to do the work because now you can engage with a huge community and all together we can spread the message. Yes, and I can't wait to do something with you and the community that you're helping us build. Let's do something big that yes. actually could change the light in much how we think about, you know, really activate because I, I think Costa Brazil is, is, is a very alive brand. You know, we, we, we're always doing, you know, collaborations with brand, not just your commercial collaborations, we're really always very engaged, right? But I mean, to really make a mark and engage in the community by doing good. By doing good. And I think on, on your case, Costa Brazil, the way I see is just like engage the community, talk, not talk about your product, about your face serum or about, you know, your body oil, but talk about the purpose of your brand and how exactly. good the purpose is and how the purpose your brand of your brand is helping community in the Amazon forest that is helping you know a lot of you know people that is your brand is not just a product led driven brand but your brand is just beyond that so you have a massive purpose and meaning and i think that's how we should go for it is just like spreading the message of your purpose, not spreading the message of how good your product is. Because once you get the community to be loyalty and to be and trust on what you're doing as your purpose, they automatically will, without any, without us having to force them, they will consume your product because okay. the meaning and the purpose of a brand is so strong that you don't need to promote the product. You have to promote your purpose and that's going to let you to sell your products. I mean, here we need to something, huh? Yeah. So they started this come out now, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so when I get some insights, I just like go for it. Uh, just funny story here. doesn't say that is, I'm so like, I have this, you know, ideas and instinct when I have in conversation that, We have a guest on our podcast two months ago, and as I was talking to him, I if everyone that follows us here, you probably if you if you saw the episode with with Siang. So Siang, he is based in Singapore, and he's an expert on live streaming. He's expert in 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 in, in, in everything that's coming to technology and innovation, and he's been based between Singapore and and Shanghai. And throughout our conversation, I just thought, I need to hire this guy because he's amazing. And I'm going to bring him over to London and I'm going to hire him. And then as we started the conversation, I, I had this thought. And at the end of the podcast, I said, Siang, I want to hire you. And he was like, what she's talking about? 
So to make this show short, I hired him and he started MG Power this week. <laughs> he came all out Singapore. I gave him the work visa and he's now in London working at MG Power. Oh, so. <laughs> and I just come up with a strategy for us to do something together. It's amazing. <laughs> That's something we have to step into as well. Yeah. So yeah, live streaming. Like, how do you see? Because we're gonna work together in creating a live streaming shop. So, what's your view when it comes to sell live? Like, because it's something that you know. Again, looking back to our past twenty years ago, ten years ago, we wouldn't have any you know uh, live streaming shop that people could buy immediately from you know like from the type of a button. So, how do you yeah. see that? If you think of all those TV shows, I mean, conceptually it was already there, but here technology is bringing to become much more efficient. And I think it's great. It's almost like to, to have, really to have a, your, your today's show, you know, on your window front, you know, communicating directly, have those people engaged. I mean, it's so much easier. And I think that's, uh, I mean, it's already there. I shouldn't say that's not, you know, I mean, I think that a lot of people, we, we have an that message right we haven't made that yet a must here but i mean i think it's i mean china you know i think that they do that so well yeah no china they they are the pioneers right so they started all of that and like uh i can they, they are just you know ahead of the game uh, and that's one of the reasons I brought Siang. So now we have Siang here to tell us all the, you know, how can we do better when we do shop live streaming? Because he has a lot of experience coming from China. Because uh, they are like, they are the pioneers. They started all of that. And they are like, you know, if you see the percentage of the sales that they're doing online versus the percentage of the sales they are doing offline, it's, uh, it is insane. Francisco, we could stay here talking forever, but I just have one more question for you about that I wanted to type in. Let's talk about retail experience in getting consumers to now to go offline to experience a brand and a product. You have to create a very, very special, you know, bespoke and personalized experience to not let the people to buy online, but getting the effort to live in home to visit a store. So how do you see that retails, that re the retailer space needed to transform when it comes to creating experience to their customers to come to their physical space? You know, Maya, I think it's interesting because in a retail, you spoke of, if you spoke of retail five years ago, people did this for you, to you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it network nobody can talk about retail anymore retail seemed to be a disaster i think what happened in the last three years especially amplified by COVID, in this desire for us to communicate hug again and being close again but in a different way you know we your traditional retail configuration does no longer work you see that how many stores went out of business in the last I mean, department stores, how that structure of those big department stores completely disappeared. I mean, it's still there, but so many of them closed. So I think there's a tremendous opportunity here, right? For, uh, for us, for every brand, really to engage in, uh, in three-dimensionally, you know, like the Balenciaga show, for instance, but in-store. You know, you create a reason, you create a, des a destination which somebody can actually have the experience of the brand, the products, 
but also get deep into that gaming mindset and being part of another world. You know, you could have also engagement with your window with your today show. So, I mean, this space has to give you more. You know, also, if you think of um, all those, those traveling museums, right? Experiential museums that we see, you say Van Gogh exhibition, that's this exhibition, is already telling you that not just for, re not, just, not just retail, it's across the board. So you have to be mobile. Right, and when you think about you know um, this live streaming, can you imagine how much a company can save? You know, you could do the live stream from anywhere. You could engage. You could be mobile. You could be all over the world. You could have that shop everywhere really fast and 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 in great service, right? Because I think the service also has to be immediate. So the pods of communication in which we create the hubs or those community centers, they really have a, a place in town today, right? And I think you know that has to be made broader. I, I think uh, Brazilians are kind of very forward in many ways. I remember when uh, Red Bull, you know, opened this, uh, this community center in Sao Paulo, which people came and just hang out, you know, people, kids, you know, coming out to the clubs and they're having Red Bull. It was just like, a, it was so forward. You know, something that happened in Sao Paulo, I don't know if you remember, you know, and still very inspiring to think about, you know. So I think the community center idea, you know, it's something that also we talked about for so many years, but it's not too far from that. You know, it's a place that's reliable. Again, you have all your system there. You can make a purchase. You can learn, right? Because a lot now is also education. You know, you have to be engaged in, in all the senses, you know, when it comes to technology, but also the organic scent that you can ex experience, the touch, everything has to be there and everything has to be done in a really, you know, magic way, but also very fast, right? You should be able to ship, you should be able to, you know, uh, have the delivery to your house in two hours. So there's a lot, I think, in retail that has to be thought, you know, thought out, you know what I mean? But I think this technology that we're experiencing now I think will be really the, the beginning of the engagement. Imagine your avatars, right? Yes, and absolutely. So you, 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 you ha just having you being on a screen and being able to be sharing yourself in that community and communicating with them at the same time making a purchase, you know. You know can imagine. That is amazing. And then I think is like for the retail experience will be all about how can you connect the technology with the the experience, right? So it's how can we innovate it in that? So I, I think uh, I've mentioned to you about the experience that I had uh, last weekend when I went to Shoreditch to see the new Gucci pop-up shop. And I was just like, wow, like these guys are really, really, you know, knowing how to create now new ways of, you know, getting people into a shop but creating a very unique uh, experience. And then they really combine the technology with the retailer space. So you come inside the pop-up and then it was all about technology and interaction with music and QR codes. And, you know, even the avatars they had there as well. So you could try on the clothes and then you can see the mural, like, you know, if the size was right, the size was also, they have like the mural telling you if you need a bigger size, a smaller size, how does it fit on you? And the mirror was talking to, it was something like, 
incredible, but it's an experience that you wanted to have, you know, like I wanted to go to a shop where I can have all of that. And then, then, uh, you know, to complement, they have, you know, a coffee place, a space on, on the, on the third floor where they're offering, you know, like coffee and snacks for you after you have the experience of, you know, the purchase that you had on the space. So I think the whole experience was so well, you know, connected and balanced between technology, but also trying on physically the clothes. It's just like, and I think that is, is the future. So if you wanted to innovate it and getting the footfall, that's what brands will have to start doing. I totally agree with you. I think that was the, really the, the core of that. It was very warm, you know, you yeah. still presence of human. Right, you still felt the clothes, which is amazing to be honest with you. Because like we now we are very used to buy online, right? So you buy online, you receive the bag at home, which is amazing. So they knock your door, they deliver a bag, you try on at home, and then if you don't like, they come and pick up, which is amazing. However, now that you can have those type of experiences, like talking about my personal experience there. It's good to be in a place that you have someone serving you and you're trying, but you also have the element of the tech behind to support that experience because you're having that human connection, right? So you still have the technology, but you have the human connection around you. And, uh, and that was, uh, like for me, it was like, wow. Yeah. So if brands wanted to, you know, uh, engage consumers to go back to retail, spaces they're gonna have to start you know thinking on experience that is much more tailored and holistic and uh, you know and, and bespoke and special right because we all like if i have to leave home i wanted to go to a place where i will see something that is very special otherwise i'll buy online and also i think it's it's with so much more technology and thinking coming to the table it's just time to explore yeah you know that the faster you go, you know, the ones that are really, you know, like you mentioned before, somewhat fearless about what it is, you know, just doing it for the trial so you can get data. And however, I mean, I mean, the better it will be because the, the evolution of it is going to be really fast. And, uh, and that's the retail. It's this communication. It's the community building. Totally. Yes. Francisco, again, we can stay here forever. I think we're going to do a part two, right? So we're going to do a part two of our podcast because we have a lot to talk. Francisco, I like, you know, I love you so much. And and, uh, it's like a pleasure to have you with me today here on our Influencer Marketing Cover podcast. I'm sure this episode will be a success because, you know, you have your own community, people that love you, Francisco, as you are for everything you have achieved. So I'm sure we're going to have, you know, our listening, loving to know more about you, about your essence, about your brand, your purpose and the amazing, you know, brand that you have created to really, you know, change, you know, the way beauty uh, see, uh, works with sustainability. And I think, you know, you're one of the pioneers on that and it's so beautiful to be working with you to see, you know, what you're creating and be part of, you know, of your word and supporting you on your growth is just being, you know, uh, amazing experience for me and for the team. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you, Mara. I mean, this is, you know, exchange of delights here, you know, for yeah. me too. 
you know, I echo your words and it's been really eye-opening for me to work with you and learn about the world and really, you know, really translate what we tried to do in the past, but really in a big way. And you're so ahead of the game and we love you. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone that's been here today with us, listening to our conversation. Hope you have enjoyed. I'm sure you had. And please be tuned on our next episode of our Influencer Marketing Uncover. If you don't follow us, please start following us on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and YouTube. And again, thank you so much for being here with us today. And I see you on our next episode. Thank you so much. Bye.